Alliance Physical Therapy Partners and Agile Virtual Care proudly presents Agile and Me, a physical therapy leadership podcast series, a podcast devised to help emerging and experienced therapy leaders learn more about various topics relevant to outpatient therapy services. Welcome back to Agile and Me, a physical therapy leadership podcast series. Today's podcast is called Management of Cancellation and No-Shows, and our guest is Ryan Martin. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on, Richard. Most welcome. Before we dive into the Management of Cancellation No-Shows, would you be so kind as to provide the listeners with a little bit of your background? Yeah, so I graduated from uh, Springfield College back in uh, 2006 and worked for a couple different companies before coming to Back in Motion in 2000. 12, I believe. So I've been here for nine years. Started out as a staff physical therapist and then became clinic director and now a group director of all the back in motions. And the reason I asked you on as a guest to discuss management cancellation no shows is your clinic that you've managed directly has had a great history of, of managing cancellation no shows. Probably one of the best clinics in the entire group of the alliance partners so so kudos to you and i'm really excited to learn about how you've managed to achieve that and you and your team before we learn about the nuts and bolts of managing the cancellation those shows how do you define cancellation because i i know a lot of clinicians have various ideas of how it can be defined what's your working definition we kind of define the cancellation by somebody that calls within 24 hours of their appointment time and then doesn't reschedule for later that week. Obviously, within 24 hours, it's very difficult to make any adjustments uh, to our schedules. Uh, it's not ideal to, to fit anybody in that, that may be waiting for an appointment. And if they're rescheduling for later that week, then they're really not sticking to the plan of care. So so that's how we would define a cancellation. And uh, we kind of use that to uh, kind of drive our actions going forward based on what, what our rate has been. That seems to be a, a kind of clean definition, isn't it? I know that sometimes clinicians will... Companies will say it's not a cancellation if the, the visit is captured at the end of their course of care. But that's not really, as you say, fulfilling the plan of care, is it? It's really just uh, you're tagging one on at the end, which isn't quite the same, is it? Right. And that's the thing. You hit the nail on the head right there is that, you know, if I say two times a week for six weeks, I know it's uh, pretty generic, but uh, let's just talk about that. You know, and we define a cancellation as you just described, then and it's really, if you went all the way through that, it could be one time a week for 12 weeks, and, and that's not what we prescribe. So really, it's getting the, the visits in the week that they're supposed to be in so that there's consistency of care and, and that there's carryover from treatment to treatment. The way I see cancellations is, yes, there's a business side associated with managing cancellations. Obviously, it's lost revenue. But really, I see it from a clinical perspective with regards to making sure that we deliver 
the care in the optimum way, the appropriate frequency and duration, and any cancellations are likely to to impact the clinical outcome. Is that how you view it, or do you view it in some other way? Yeah, I mean, we all got into this business for for helping people, and you're prescribing a uh, plan of care that you think is best suitable for their injury or ailment, whatever they're going through. And so if you start getting away from that or deviating from that, you're not going to get the best outcomes that you're looking for. And ultimately, we're here to help people and and uh, get them back to the things that they want to do. The bottom line is, if you don't show up, you're unlikely to get better. Think of it as even blood pressure medication, right? If, if you're supposed to take that once a day and it turns into once a week, well, that's, that's really not going to get you to where you want to be. And the same thing, you're looking for carryover from treatment, treatment really. And to, especially early on in care, when you're dealing with pain, when you're dealing with loss of range of motion, when you're dealing with fear of movement, you really need that carryover from treatment to treatment. And that, that means an increase in frequency in the treatments. I love the analogy used to blood pressure medication. I've used in the past and with patients the the analogy of, of an antibiotic. And I think that's even more relevant because for an antibiotic, in order to get the the desired outcome, which is reduction of the, the infection is or the, the, the resolution of the infection is you have to take it at the appropriate frequency and duration as well. And I think patients can relate to it then, can't they, better? And they go, look, to get you better, this is the frequency and duration that I believe you need to attend and, and participate in your therapy. And anything less than that is going to be suboptimal outcomes more than likely. I like the example that you used, and, and more often than not, when, when you use that when talking to a patient about their compliance or maybe they've uh, been not as compliant as they should be, we bring that example up that you just mentioned. And it's funny that because they left, because most of them have tried it, they've done it, uh, they've seen it. So it, it's relatable. And it's another prime example of physical therapy being very similar that you need to get all the way through the plan of care to really maximize the outcome. I think the other major point that we might talk a little bit more about later, but is if a patient cancels and they don't optimize their outcome, when they go back to the referring physician, they will blame the lack of positive outcome on any other factor apart from the fact that they just didn't turn up for the appropriate frequency and duration. So it really looks bad on the, the clinician capabilities and and the clinic's competency and also looks bad on the fact that well you know we'll just put it down to therapy didn't yeah that's absolutely true and and that's happened a few times you know you get to the point where it only has to happen a a couple times and, and then you get to the point where you want to change your actions and that's where i've even started or started a long time ago, I guess, but calling the physician myself, especially with those patients that didn't quite get the outcome that they wanted or that I knew weren't as compliant as they should have been. And we're going back to the doctor's office because I wanted a clear message in part, obviously, because I I take pride in what I do and and I want uh, that clear message to be out there. But also I don't want somebody going through an unnecessary surgery or unnecessary other treatment that hey, uh, if this person complies, I think conservative treatment would help them, but they just haven't complied. So when I call physicians and discussing with the physician office the fact that somebody's uh, attendance has been 
subpar or, or you know, they have a, a history of cancellations, I've usually done it primarily to ensure that the referring source doesn't feel that it's my lack of skill or you know, the, the physical therapy is ineffective. It, perhaps it might sound a little harsh. It's, it's almost throwing the patient under the bus rather than just inferring that I didn't do my job. But what's really interesting is that you look at it as in a clinical context more than just in a selfish manner as it pertains to well you know if the patient doesn't turn up for physical therapy and then more than likely any other type of intervention uh, is likely to be less than optimal also you know because postoperatively are they going to be are they going to do what they need to do to get better is that correct yeah absolutely and really if conservative treatment can help and we're trying to get away from pain medications and, and unnecessary surgeries, then that clear communication just has to be had. And and then at least everybody can be on the same page and, and then whatever the physician and patient decide from there is fine. But uh, at least there's a basic understanding of what actually happened. I've been coaching clinicians for many, many years now. And when I first have the conversation around cancellation and no-shows with clinicians, they, in most part, feel that it's one of those things that are unavoidable and unrelated to any factors within the control of the therapist or clinic. But that's not true by any means, is it? Obviously, there are a number of reasons why, which are very valid. Well, any cancellation in somewhat is could be perceived as valid, but there are certainly reasons that, yes, they're unavoidable. But there are many cancellations, and I would say a significant minority, where I think we can influence yeah, absolutely. I think back early in my career when I would get a cancellation and at first I just, I did, I passed it up as, you know, they, they were having car trouble or yep, they were, they weren't feeling quite so well or, or something like that. And then I, I don't know when, I, I can't remember the exact time, but I know that at some point I took a look and said, wow, this person really has a lot of things going on and they must be the unluckiest patient in the world or a person in the world, or I'm not doing something right. And as I started to take a little deeper dive into it and, and kind of look at it internally, I found that most of those patients were ones that I was like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't quite sure what I was, we were kind of at a plateau or, or maybe I didn't know how to progress them further or Maybe I tried what normally worked and, and it hadn't worked. So as I started to look at that and say, wow, I think I have a lot more influence than than not. And so I started changing uh, my ways with that and uh, take a look at those cancellations. And, and to a point, I would take them very personal as far as, okay, I'm going to do a deep dive into every cancellation that I get and say, is there something that I could have done better? to avoid this cancellation where that other thing wasn't quite as important as coming into physical therapy. So, and that's when I started to really turn around as a clinician, I think. And, and so it kind of goes back to your point. I would almost say there are a few times when it's avoid, uh, unavoidable, but most of the time it's avoidable. Particularly when using our definition of cancellation, as long as they reschedule in the same week, it's not even defined as a cancellation. So a lot of the, the reasons that are unavoidable like, tend to be temporary in nature as well. Don't yeah, that's the key. And it's really starting day one, providing value day one. 
getting some hands-on, getting some treatment, not just figuring out what's going on with this person, but actually giving some treatment so you develop value day one. And then education, education about rescheduling. I know things pop up, but if they do, let's reschedule that appointment rather than wait to the following weekend. And that's something that I have a conversation with all my patients uh, right from day one because it's that's the easiest time. That's the that's the time that they're coming to you for the problem, and that especially when you can help them out day one, you have all the buy-in right there. That's the attention. That's where you educate because they're listening. We'll continue the conversation after a short music break and advertisement. Agile EMR is a comprehensive all-in-one electronic medical records solution created by physical therapists for physical therapists. Features include everything you need to run your physical therapy practice in one place. To schedule a demonstration of Agile EMR, visit our website at www.agiletherapyemr.com. Welcome back to Agile and Me, a physical therapy leadership podcast looking at oneself as a clinician to determine what we could have done better i think that is critical isn't it and similar to you early in my career i was amazed at the number of people who just seemed to have car trouble when they had their therapy appointments i be it a dead battery car won't start had an accident or whatever it was really quite creative it reminded me of the reasons at school where people wouldn't turn up for school and yes they were supposedly sick but very rarely were they actually sick. Kind of goes to the unluckiest person because they'd use the car one time and who knows what, the dog the next time, this next time. And I'm right. thinking, wow, that's, that's a mess. <laughs> and it, it's, as a clinician, it's easier to accept an external reason that is beyond the control of themselves and not related to themselves, is it, rather than face the harsh reality that the patient just didn't believe that turning up for therapy was of value. And I think that's that's a tough lesson to learn. You're not as good as you perhaps thought you were. Right. Yeah, I I think it's a very valuable lesson to learn. And and the sooner you do it, the, the better clinician you'll become. But also, more satisfaction in your job, right? So if I have more control over the situation or if I can change it to better the patient and they continue to come in, then I'm getting better outcomes, more satisfaction in my job. And and now I'm not left to say, oh, well, gee, fun luck. They had another car issue. To me, there's not much satisfaction with that because it's just another person that I couldn't help. We talk about outcomes. There's nothing more as a clinician, having to deal with people that counsel. What I mean by that is we, majority of time, if there are people that perpetually counsel, you know that their clinical outcomes are going to be bad. And, and the ability to progress them through the course of care is usually compromised or limited. And I just felt as if I was going through the motions as well, because the, the patient wasn't truly engaged. And it's tough enough to treat patients and get them better when they are fully engaged. But when they're not engaged, it, it just becomes a chore, doesn't it? It's just hard work and not enjoyable as a clinician, I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, those treatment sessions usually drag on too, because you're like, okay, wow, it's only five more, uh, you know, it's only been five minutes and it feels like, you know, we haven't <laughs> done anything. It's, it's sometimes, or I would say most of the time with those patients that you're engaged with and that you're progressing, 
the treatment session only goes by too quick because you're diving into so many different things and so many new things and the energy is high and just makes the day go by so quick that you're like, okay, hey, it was busy, but we accomplished something today and you feel good about it rather than kind of moping around and, okay, well, I guess we'll do these exercises, not sure why, you know, type of thing, because we're not getting better anyway. I think healthcare providers in general are quick to blame the patient as being somewhat disrespectful towards the clinician through them cancelling or no-showing. But I think that is the very small number of patients. First off, I believe that we have to understand that we're not providing, as you mentioned, the, the value for them to believe that their time at therapy is likely to is the time therapy is better spent than, than doing other things, be that watching TV or whatever. So how do you and your team educate the patient and explain value? Because you must do, because your cancellation no-show rates are lower. So I believe that you do a good job of explaining, explaining that. So how do you do that? Yeah, so I think... Again, it kind of starts day one. You you have to know why the patient's here and why they want to get better. What is their purpose? What is their greater purpose that they want to get better for to find their motivation of coming in? And then because we can dance around with, oh, wow, look at this range of motion so much better and, and the strength is so much better, this, that, and whatever. But it's really when you hear that feedback of, yeah, but I still can't do this. That's when it really hits okay. And that's when the pressure gets turned up to the therapist, okay, you're not providing the value because they want to get back to the those activities. They're, they're not looking for 160 degrees means nothing to them if they can't do what they want to do. So usually finding out what, what they want to get back into and then setting up a clear plan. Hey, this is what usually happens. This is how it usually goes. This is what my plan is uh, for you and for us. And and that it's going to take work on their end, too, that you're going to have to be compliant with your home exercises. You're going to come in here. But each time we're going to progress. So if I think a great example of providing value is letting them know, OK, here, here's where we are. This is where we want to get to. This is what we need to do to get to that point and say, OK, let's try these three exercises. You're going to do this, this and this at home until you come in next time. But on Thursday, what we're going to do, if you're still feeling good with those, we're going to progress into something new um, to get you to that next step. And so it kind of sets up your expectation or their expectation that, yep, you're showing up Friday. I mean, or Thursday, whatever I said in my example, and we're going to get to a new level. So you're going to get one step closer to your goal or your outcome so that they're looking for. And I think that provides the value there rather than feeling like, okay, well, if I show up Thursday, we're going to do the same thing that we've been doing the last two or three visits this, or this is even worse when I hear that. Oh, yeah, I'm doing these exercises. And it's, and it's like, well, OK, we, we need to go beyond that. Then if you're independent and you're doing them well at home, then we need to go beyond that and, and provide that value. Because I don't think I would you know, give you a $40 copay either if I was doing the same thing here that I was doing at home. So, And that connecting to the specific to the patient's objectives and goals isn't a one-off is it obviously the the initial evaluation i believe is the critical time to explain that valued proposition to them but it's almost every treatment isn't it is connecting back with what they want to do functionally and then 
explaining them how the treatment session is going to get them there or help them on that journey, isn't it? Yeah. And I'd say one of the most satisfying things is in therapy is meeting those initial expectations because you're kind of, you're going through it as a process. Almost every day is not a full evaluation, but you're, okay, how are things feeling today? What is your function like over the last few days? And then coming up with new stuff. So one of the most satisfying things is when a patient says, hey, I'm able to I'm able to go for a walk now. Hey, I've been exercising the last two or three days. I've walked a mile each day and I'm getting back into it. And so everybody is feeling good. It's feeling the wind. And then they're like, I still can't pick up my grandson yet. And that wasn't even mentioned day one, right? Because they weren't even thinking that if I can't walk, I can't even do anything. So now you've unraveled a couple more things that they want to do. And and that's where you really get the buy-in once they start talking about other things that beyond the initial complaints, you have them right there. You have a great working relationship and you can continue to make further and further gains. Here I was thinking that functional goals were just there to satisfy the insurance companies. So yeah, I think the goal setting is invaluable, isn't it, for that allowing that clinician and the team to continually connect to purpose. Setting of the clear expectations and outlining the value proposition, I believe, is critical and explaining how we can help them get there. But I think it's almost like a contract, though, isn't it? I think that's one side of the equation for hopefully addressing potential future cancellation no-shows. But I think there's another part, isn't there? And I think the other part, I kind of call it the tough love side, is we've explained what I can do as a clinician for you, Mr. or Mrs. Patient. But on the flip side is I need you, Mr. or Mrs. Patient, to buy in and to agree to almost these terms and conditions to to help you get better. And they would be, for instance, I need you to be fully engaged when you're here. I need you to do to participate and perform your the exercises I give you between the treatment sessions. I need you to give one hundred percent. I need you to turn up. I need you to be respectful of my time. I need you to turn up on time, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think that's the other side of the, the coin. Would you what do you think of that? Yeah, absolutely. Because you have a handful of patients that just expect you to get them better. And one of the things that I try to do is really um, explain, I'm, I'm more of a guidance. Yeah, there are a certain amount of skills that I have to, to help you get better. But I, I flip it back on them as far as, number one, you're not going to be wanting to see me forever, right? And number two is in an ideal world without any exchange of payment or whatever, you'd be coming in for treatments seven days a week until this was fixed or finished. And now let's bring in the reality of, but you have a $40 copay or maybe they have a deductible or whatever the, and just think of time, right? Maybe they don't have the time to come in seven days a week. And so the rest of that responsibility is on them to carry over from treatment to treatment. And so Oftentimes, I'll say, thinking of a shoulder patient, I'll say, okay, now we've gotten to, let's just say, 120 degrees where they they first came in at 90%. 90 degrees was their onset. We're up to 120. Okay, this, this, and this exercise are going to be on you, and let's see if we can get back to 120. That's your goal the next time you're in. And, And sometimes that's realistic. Sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of 
you know, they're at 100. And then I'll tie it back into, hey, but you're not at 90 because you did what you needed to do at home. Because if you didn't, you'd be back at 90 again because of the time off. So usually tying it back into what are your expectations of them the next visit, a knee range of motion. You know, we're at 100 degrees right now. We started at 85. Your home exercises are important, and I'll know if you're doing them or not. Usually I'll throw that in there too, that, you know, I've seen this enough where I know when people are doing it and when they're not. And um, usually that's enough of a wake-up call because they're not ex- exactly sure what I'm, I'm going to be seeing. So they can't really cheat their way through it, but they, they know that I'm going to be looking for something. And so usually they do their homework. We'll continue the conversation after a short music break and advertisement. Most orthotic manufacturers take a one-shape-fits-all approach to solving lower body pain and symptoms. They focus on arch support for temporary pain relief, which can end up leading to inefficiencies and injuries. That's where BioCorrect is different. More than just an insert, BioCorrect is a fully customizable foot orthotic system engineered to address and treat biomechanical imbalances of the entire body. And we're backed by more than 25 years of experience. To learn more, visit us at biocorrect.com. Welcome back to Agile and Me, a physical therapy leadership podcast. The other thing that as a clinician I was afraid to do for many years, but definitely did me a disservice, was challenging people when people cancel. So my early career, I would just dismiss and say, well, it's their loss, not mine, which is why I obviously had a much bigger ego then than I do now. But I think unless you challenge patients, you don't know what you as a clinician or the clinic is doing wrong uh, or why we're not providing the patient with sufficient perceived value. And if we are doing everything right, it's really calling out the patient that they aren't really fulfilling their side of the bargain. I think patients are somewhat surprised when they're asked about cancellation and seem to be even more surprised very often, depending on how they're managed, whether the idea of even just having to reschedule. But there is a reluctance to challenge, isn't there? Certainly by clinicians, they perceive it as perhaps stepping over a certain boundary. But I, I see it as a necessity really to address a problem if there is one. And if there isn't, then then kind of resetting expectation. Yeah, I think it goes, you know, you kind of have to know who's in front of you too and how how they're going to react to certain ways. There are some patients that are very challenging to clinicians that will say, hey, how come I'm not better yet? Or, you know, they'll throw right into your face too the other way. And those are usually the ones that I will be equally as, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but direct, I would say that, well, yeah, I mean, You've canceled uh, the last two weeks. You've you've shown up one time a week, and early on in this treatment process, or that day one, we talked about rescheduling and the carryover that needed to happen from time to time. So we're not able to do that. We're not at that stage of your treatment where we can just drop down once a week and expect good outcomes to happen. Lots of times, when you're direct with somebody that's being direct with you, one they respect it and they. Oftentimes, we'll have some sort of backstory to it. And then if they do have a backstory, then you can come down a little softer and say, hey, okay, so what do we need to do to help you reschedule? I know Janine's asked you a couple times to reschedule and you haven't been available. So 
Is there another day? Is there another time? Is there something else we can provide for you to allow you to do that? And that's when you build that connection. And okay, now we're beyond the blame game. We're being honest with each other and let's figure a way to help each other out or really for us to help them out. So, and then there are other times when, when it may be a little bit more passive from their standpoint, but they're, they're a little bit more subtle about it. They're, yeah, but I'm still getting this or still getting that. Okay. Remember that day one, when we talked about, you know, being compliant and coming in for your appointment times. And oftentimes, you know, if they uh, are a little softer about it, then I'll be soft about it and, and maybe throw it out there with a laugh or something like that. Or even sometimes, hey, you stood me up on Tuesday. What's happening? Something like that. And just give a little giggle at the end or something to soften it up. And, and I'll, oftentimes that'll do the trick. And, oh, yeah, well, I did this, this, and this. And then, then it's back to business. And then I bring the conversation back to, okay, well, how about if we figure out something on Friday, too, so that we can get you going again? And usually relate it back to pain, right? Uh, pain or dysfunction or whatever. Hey, you're limping in here today. And, yeah, geez, I had a tough weekend. And I said, well, you stood me up on Tuesday. How about we get in another time this week so we can get you feeling better? And, and oftentimes that will work. I feel there's two outcomes to discussing cancellation no-shows. And as a clinician, they're a win-win. The first, obviously, is you find out what the underlying reasons for the cancellation no-shows are, and you can address them and re-engage the patient. And hopefully then, once they're re-engaged, you can proceed and move forwards with the care. The, the other outcome is the reasons for the cancellation no-shows, be they valid or invalid, such that you don't continue the course. Of, and I, I always am very respectful to patients. And I say, you know what? Therapy perhaps at this time isn't appropriate for you, or this, this isn't the right time. So why don't we just leave it? here at the current time and when you're ready when you are able then give me a call and i think patients can be very grateful for that out and also as a clinician i'm grateful for that out because i know that i'm not going to get the clinical outcomes from that patient anyway if i've tried everything possible so to me talking about cancellation no-shows isn't a win-lose or a lose-lose situation it's truly a win-win your thoughts yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Oftentimes, clinicians will be uh, quite passive about it. And then if somebody's being non-compliant and not, you know, you don't handle it right then and there, those are usually the patients, the ones you just talked about, that would just no-show or fall off the table where, oh, they've no-showed the last, they don't even call the cancel anymore. They're just no-showing. Versus if you handle it in, in just the matter that you did, maybe there is some some underlying thing that is unavoidable. They're having a tough time, maybe a death in the family or something like that, where, hey, yeah, you got a lot of other stuff on your plate that's more important than your than your knee pain right now. And uh, But by coming to that decision together, you still become a team in that. And guess who's likely calling you back for, maybe it's not the knee issue, maybe it's a year and a half later and it's a shoulder issue. And I, I found that out because there are some patients that 
I did have this conversation with, and early in my career, I would think, well, you know, probably, you know, I didn't get the outcome that we were looking for, or, you know, I didn't get them better because we didn't, we didn't uh, go through the full treatment. And so I think in my head, well, that's a lost patient and I probably won't see them again. Or, or I think kind of negatively that maybe they're going to think that I, I'm no good. And then lo and behold, they're on your schedule, maybe six months later or whatever the case may be. And yep, they're requesting you. And I'm thinking, huh, I wonder, or I thought, huh, I wonder why, because we saw each other for three visits and the shoulder pain was still there or whatever the case may be. And, and it's because we came to that decision together, I think, rather than, you know, them no showing and then just drifting off without that kind of closure, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's that mutual respect, isn't it? Yeah. We might not be able to demonstrate value or prove value, be that fault or not, for whatever reason. But at least there was that level of mutual respect where when they did have a future need for therapy, they, they thought, oh, yes, yeah, I had a great experience. Even though I didn't necessarily get better, I still had a great experience and I still felt respected and valued at that location and with that clinician. Isn't it? I, I think some clinics, when we talk about trying to set expectations for cancellation no-shows and how they go about it. I think some clinics just have this perception that, well, I addressed the cancellation no-show issue with patients by explaining to them on the first visit that there was a fee for cancellation no-shows. And they, they almost say, seem to think that, well, I've done it. That's all I need to do. And if they cancel or no-show, then you know, I'll just threaten them with a fee. But that really is so inadequate. And that, to me, that's really the last thing that should be discussed in a way or threatened to a patient, because I think there are multiple other ways. And we've discussed some of them already with regards to the clinician sitting down at the time of evaluation and talking specifically about what they need to do and, and almost this kind of non-written contract between the therapist and the, and the patient. But there are certainly other times, aren't there, that where the expectations can be set and also by everyone within the clinic. So I think the front office has some responsibility. I think even rehab aides can, can be involved with continuing to explain value and also continuing to set expectations. I think that's the cancellation fee is kind of the lowest form of keeping an appointment just because you have, you know, it really should come down to them getting better and your kind of, yeah, that mutual respect, your unwritten contract type of thing with between two people that are trying to accomplish the same goal. And so I think that's much more valuable than a arbitrary number that is thrown out there for a cancellation fee, because now they're not even doing it for themselves. They're doing it to avoid the fee. And yeah, even though that may, that may still help them, that doesn't really get that buy-in that you're looking for. So I found that it's much better to, to address the issue, uh, especially from the clinician standpoint. And even if it's a, a PT assistant that they're uh, canceling on or whoever it may be, that if we all have that buy-in of we're going to address this head-on in our own way to help the patient get better, uh, that's much more valuable than any you know, cancellation We'll continue the conversation after a short music break and advertisement. The world around us is changing at a rapid pace, and so is our preference for how, where, and when we choose healthcare. That's where Agile Virtual Care answers the call. 
Agile Virtual Care is a comprehensive telehealth solution revolutionizing physical therapy by making PT convenient, safe, and accessible across the entire country. For providers and employers looking to offer employees different options for preventative and continual care, Agile Virtual Physical Therapy delivers the comfort and convenience that patients want and the quality care they deserve from experienced licensed therapists. Welcome back to Agile and Me, a physical therapy leadership podcast. I think sometimes it's as simple as people just being busy. And I think we all need reminders. I certainly a bit of an airhead sometimes and heavily on my, my iPhone for appointments or reminders. And I think patients, to a certain extent, have the same issues like anyone else. And there are definitely some very simple practical tactics, aren't they, that the clinic staff can take to try and minimize cancellation and no-shows. Could Perhaps you could give me some examples of what your clinic does. Number one, you have to set the tone as a clinic that we aren't accepting cancellations or no-shows, and not in, a, in an aggressive way, but in out of the care of the patient because we want good outcomes. We're here for a reason. We're here to help. And we need to provide solutions um, to their problems because sometimes they don't even know what could be available to them. So once you get the buy-in from everybody and that we are all on the same page that we're not accepting cancels or no-shows, then you're working together as a team. And it it could be as simple as if I'm exercising with somebody and uh, it's fairly straightforward and, and there's another person that Hey, Tristan needs a a window here of time so that he can call and and, uh, get back to that patient to see if there's a way he can help get them back on the schedule. Then we step up and do that. And it's taken that time uh, just as a professional, right? We're in this, uh, we're professionals, and and that's how I think the mindset is, is that we're going to make the time to call that patient because we care about that patient. It's not about the number of patient visits or the certain percentage that we're shooting for. It's that we're trying to help every single patient and uh, that we care about them. So I think it boils down to that being that simple, just caring and putting it into action. I love the fact you say the clinic and the clinic staff are just not accepting of cancellation, no-shows. And that's the crux of it, isn't it? Because if I had a dollar for every time a patient called up and and spoke to somebody within the clinic, doesn't matter who it is in the clinic, and they said, well, I'm sorry, you know, I'm going to need to cancel. And the first thing they say is, well, you know, you've got another appointment later in the week, I'll see you then. There's absolutely no expectation that has been set, or there's just no motivation for whatever reason to reschedule that visit. And on the flip side, I remember a story of this fantastic front office coordinator that worked for me and a patient rings up trying to counsel and valid reasons but the the front office would push back and with kind of a response to try and reschedule and it, it, it was kind of this backwards and forwards for a couple of minutes and the patient eventually just said you're not going to let me cancel are you? Uh, and I thought that was fantastic it's this idea of no we're not going to accept cancellation no show we'll work with you we'll do everything we possibly can to make sure that we fulfill that that plan of care and not in a mean way or vicious or challenging way it was more collaborative in nature but I just thought it was really funny the kind of the two extremes that I've seen but but I'm 
unfortunately, it's more of the of the, the former where it's, well, okay, you cancel. No problems. We'll move on. Yeah, so I've visited several of our offices, well, all of our offices, and, and there is a difference. There's a major difference in how those phone calls are handled. There was a clinic that I was visiting, and I think within, I was there for maybe an hour, and within that hour, they had four cancels, boom, right off the bat. And and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm listening to these conversations, and they are sounding much, much different than what it sounds like in, in my home clinic. And I think the, we talked about it, we discussed it over, you know, a few different staff meetings and such. And I was up there the other day and the cancellation phone calls, much different. So there is a, there's a huge difference in the successful clinics and non-successful clinics. And really, I think it boils down to teamwork and trusting each other, right? So here, Janine knows that the clinicians are going over this on a regular basis, maybe not every visit, but certainly hit hard day one. And then the other visits. And and so she can trust that she can say to the patient on that phone call, okay, Ryan's going to want you to reschedule that appointment. And she can trust that she can say that, that because I've already had that conversation with the patient and the patient can trust it too. And more often than not, they'll say, yep, I know you well, so let's get in. What do you have on such and such, right? So the patient's already trying to figure it out because they know that we're a team and, and we're working together to help them out rather than, okay, yeah, I, I've heard that so many times. Okay, yep, I see you have another one on Thursday. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, wait, we're only on Monday. And they haven't been seen since probably the last Thursday or Friday, so they're going a week without treatment. That's not good for outcomes. So I think it's teamwork, the trust in the teamwork, and then coming up with a plan and having a strong front desk that will challenge the patient in a way. But it, challenge just could be, yeah, Ryan will want you to reschedule that appointment and then coming up with a solution for them. It starts and finishes with the clinician and supported by all the team members, isn't it? I, the last point that perhaps I'd like to make is when somebody cancels no shows, to me, why would the clinician accept that? Purely from the perspective, I didn't train for three or six years, depending on whether you have a bachelor's or DPT. I didn't, I didn't train for all these years to, to sit around and do nothing. So you know, I want my patients to turn up. I want to treat patients. I want to, to perform my skill set and do my job. So at the very least, why would I want to sit around for the time when there's a no-show cancellation? Perhaps, perhaps I'm being naive. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think for the most part, with a few exceptions here and there, right? But I think for the most part, it really boils down to maybe not knowing exactly um, how to progress a patient, or maybe they've kind of hit that plateau and don't really know where to go from there. So that that value decreases, they start to get a cancel. And then it's almost a relief where, okay, well, I don't have to deal with that, or not knowing or feeling like I provided inadequate care that day. You know, and I think that's where some discussions internally as a team, hey, who's having, who has a tough patient? Let's talk about them. Or who ha who has a patient where they just don't know where to go next with? And 
once you get that environment going and you only have to ask that question a few times and before people get comfortable and then then the team is automatic where you don't have to ask that anymore during a staff meeting it's just a day-to-day thing hey I'm having trouble with this one, or, or I'm not sure where to go next with this patient. Uh, what do you think? And so then you can, again, reestablish that expectation for the patient of, okay, we have a clear set plan. We're not going to do the same thing that we've done in the last two or three visits. We're not doing the same thing that you've been doing at home. This is the direction we're going into. And so I think it really is more down to clinicians almost being afraid to admit that they're kind of stuck versus really wanting to not be busy. That's a very fair point. Perhaps I was a little too too pessimistic or negative. We're running out of time, unfortunately. What I ask all of my podcast guests at the end of the podcast is for one, any, well, words of wisdom, and then also how they perceive the profession going forwards, you know, how do, what do they see in the future? Do they see a positive, bright future, or do they? Do you see kind of dark clouds? So perhaps uh, first and foremost, uh, any words of wisdom based on what we've chatted about today as it pertains to cancellation no-shows? And then secondly, you know, perhaps your outlook as it pertains to outpatient physical therapy. As far as any words of wisdom, I, w- I would just say to any clinician that is uh, struggling a bit or, or hasn't looked in the mirror to just do so and to scrutinize each and every patient that is canceling because in fact they are in a way telling you that that isn't as valuable as something else and so for nothing else but peace of mind just scrub through that treatment and say okay have i progressed them have we talked about expectations have we have we uh, tied it into their functional goals their functional goals you know and once you do that, it's a little tough at first, right? Because then you think, wow, geez, I'm, I'm not that good. But, but once you start to trust yourself and once you do that, you start to, okay, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to make that change. You're going to find that changes take place with their function and those cancels go away. Those non-compliant patients turn around and all of a sudden they're compliant again. So trust yourself enough to scrutinize what you're doing and make the changes that you need to make. As far as from the direction of PT, I think it's I think it is bright. I think we have a unique ability to still help people in ways we're going through some opioid crisis type of situations, also, you know, surgeries and increased wait times at doctors offices and then also shorter and shorter treatments at doctor's offices. So we have the ability to really connect with people one-on-one setting in a way that we're seeing them a couple times a week where uh, they may not even see their physician or any other healthcare member that frequently. So I think we have a, a great future ahead still. I think it's always changing, but we need to adapt just like anything else. And I think as long as you know, we challenge ourselves and, and make sure we're providing valuable care, I think PT is here to stay. Thank you so much, Ryan. I've really appreciated the time today with you and the conversation. I think we think in, in a very similar manner and it's refreshing to listen to your approach as it pertains to cancellation no-shows. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun talking about it. 
This podcast was brought to you by Alliance Physical Therapy Partners and Agile Virtual Care. For more information, please visit our websites, alliancepTP.com and agilevirtualcare.com. Make sure to follow us on social media and LinkedIn, where you can learn more about Alliance Physical Therapy Partners and Agile Virtual Care.